Hey friends, welcome to the Cultivate Hope podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Robinson, and I want to invite you to come alongside me as we hear stories, gain wisdom, and even some helpful tools from some of my friends. These are people who have experienced challenging seasons of life that have tested their faith. We can all learn from those who've dug those deep trenches and have found their way to the other side of hopelessness. So let's start digging together and cultivate hope. Welcome back to Cultivate Hope. Today we are doing part two of how to cultivate hope in the midst of divorce with our special guest, Kate May. I am so excited for you guys to hear the second part. This is the part you've been waiting for. This is the part where you really get to see what God is doing and what God did. You got little glimpses of it previously with the parting of the water and the climbing of the mountain. But once we hit the pasture, that's where the Lord is doing some of his most intense grueling hard work with Kate and it's also where we start to see some of those beautiful moments unfold and where the work pays off and we get to see her story really unfold to um, what God has planned for her and so I'm very excited for you guys to hear the rest of her story welcome back Kate thank you and I just I'm really excited to share this next part of the pasture because we gave a little glimpse in the beginning um but where we left off was about how how to show grace and love to your ex. And um, you mentioned taking the emotion out is kind mm-hmm. of the best way to handle that f- for you. And what you recommend is just taking that emotion out and handling business the way you need to handle business just to get through it, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning. So can you share a little bit more on that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I... I think I said even like that, that could be the hardest part, but it's almost the most <laughs> um, helpful part in some ways because yeah. it is emotional, right? When you have mm-hmm. to make decisions or you have to have communication about something or whatever that may look like. And so removing the emotion, it's probably the business <laughs> part of me <laughs> um, being in sales and, um, you know, getting sometimes you just have to look at things the, the way that they are and not get emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, th- but that's tough because... I think, you know, not just women, but, you know, when you're going through something hard, there's always emotion in something like that. Of course. Um, But being able to remove it and look at it in a different light, and that's where I think we talked about having people in your life where Mm -hmm. you know that can allow you to vent to get it all out. Yeah. But then you may have people that are like, can build you up or give you that wisdom, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) it's almost like who's in your toolbox or who's in your little, like, corner that you know um, that you can trust in moments when you, like need to be able to remove that and help and like there's people that can help you remove that too obviously I love that idea just in life in general when you have to make a tough decision and emotions are attached to it but you really need to like make a really logical decision right and something really sound of mind um I love the idea of just calling someone and getting all those emotions out first because (laughs) or even just writing them down you know just like getting everything there's something to be said about getting everything out like word vomiting brain vomiting on paper and just like Okay, I did it. It's done. Move it aside. Now let's focus. Let's do it. So I love yep. that. That's that awesome. Uh, the next part I wanted to talk about is in the midst of the pasture, you talk about how grueling it was and how mm-hmm. much tough, deep, really, really deep rooted work the Lord was doing in that space for you. Yeah. Um, I want you, can you just give us a picture of 
what that really felt like mm-hmm. and and kind of where you are with where you were sitting with God and what yeah. those conversations looked like between you and God. Yeah, I uh, I dug in my writing <laughs> and uh, yes. let me tell I you, it's that. all over the place. It's all over the place in terms of uh, just the emotions and the things that I was um, really asking of the Lord. And I found one that I think articulates pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll read that if that's OK with you. Please do. Yes. Um, so this was Kali. This is maybe nine months, let's say, into the pasture <laughs> where I was not happy to be there um, questioning. But it, I, I said, uh, what does it mean to dwell? What does it mean to be still? What does it mean to be alone with God? What does it mean to rest with God? And how can this be done in the shortest amount of p- time as possible? And I literally put hashtags because I think I thought I was being creative. I love that. Uh, hashtag impatient, mover and shaker, hash- you know, quiet is hard, hashtag alone is hard. And then I said, the pasture is a challenge, a struggle, and a wrestling match of my heart. It is stretching me and causing more sadness than I expected to rise to the surface. I know I have been called here, a place of peace, a place of refreshment, a place to be filled, a place to be, a place to heal, a place to listen and receive, a place of release. I know Satan doesn't want me here. I know every button he is pushing, every area of fear he reminds me of to discourage my my progress. But my God is stronger than his schemes. He has already won. Mm. Amen. (laughs) He has already won. I love that even in the midst of such deep sorrow Mm -hmm. and that those deep trenches of work that you were still praising God, that you were still having that eternal perspective of, and I know his character and he's been faithful. He's always been faithful. I know he's going to be faithful. You just constantly spoke that into your life. And I think that's huge is even when we don't, feel the truth speaking that truth anyway into our situation and saying you know what this is where my faith comes in I have to just believe I just have to declare it even though I don't see it right now I did a lot of that (laughs) yeah well that's so encouraging for any situation that we're in in life and I love that you were honest about your loneliness Mm -hmm. and how lonely that place must have felt especially in the get-go when you first enter the pasture and you're like, I've never been here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is supposed to feel like. I don't know how I'm supposed to talk to you or mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to do here. And I don't know how long it's going to be, right. which is scary. <laughs> yes. And your life is, you know, outside of the pasture, your life is flipping upside down all over the place mm-hmm. and you're having to relearn how to live right? and how to do your life. So can you explain a little bit of what that loneliness mm-hmm. felt like? Yeah, I, I had this moment um, <coughs> where I felt like I got a, a clear picture of that loneliness, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of wrestling with like, what am I, what am I feeling? What am I dealing with? Why is this so hard? Why is this yeah. so hurtful, right? Mm-hmm. Why is this painful to sit here alone, right? Right. And um, it was amazing because I knew that, you know, sometimes when I think of that loneliness, it's like, yes, I had a support system and I had people in my life loving me, mm-hmm. but at the end of the night, I was alone, you know? Yeah. Um, and some of those decisions um, about what to do in life, I was alone, right? And so you just keep saying this, like, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. And so I, I truly was, like, believing, like, this lie about my loneliness that, yes, I was physically alone. I wasn't married anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think I thought my loneliness was so much m- worse, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I remember feeling like I had these cuts all over me, mm-hmm. like, from glass, like, just these cuts of, like, I just felt like they were open and they were raw and like that's how it felt to just be alone. 
And I remember when I had that, that imagery that the Lord was like, Kate, no, like I've been healing. I'm healing these wounds. Mm. Like you're not, you're not raw and bleeding. Like I have come and I have rescued you. I have come and I have climbed with you. And now I'm asking you to rest. Like I'm healing these things. Mm. And it's like, I felt like I could take this veil off of being like, oh, I've been, I'm healing. Like I'm Mm. stronger, you know? And it was like just a complete shift of, yes, you may be alone, you know, physically or alone in what you thought your life was going to look like. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what does that really look like in the eyes of the Lord? You know, like how is he covering you? And I think, you know, Satan and (laughs) and how he wants to, to keep ourselves in this really bad place yeah of anxiety and depression and just it's just like all these I mean and I even like looking at my writing today I was like oh my gosh like there were so many questions that I had with the Lord like why and this and that and this and that and it's like I think it's good to process those things with the Lord but I think you also have to understand like what is that posture that you have Mm. with the Lord you know like are you are you looking at that loneliness and being like not giving up but just being like I'm just always going to be like this. It's I'm just going to be a bleeding, <laughs> you know, cut up person, you know. Yeah. When it's like, no, like I have I've covered you with with newness and healing, mm. you know. You are yeah. not stuck in that same place of bleeding anymore. That's so beautiful. I love your description of that cuz I think that is such a raw explanation of what that feels like. When anyone feels lonely, I feel like when we're sitting in the midst of a fresh loneliness, yeah. It's easy to feel like you're never going to get out of it. It's easy to feel like this is just who I am now. Oh, it's overwhelming. You know? Yeah. It, it like can feel very overwhelming. Yeah. And I think that's an easy place for the enemy to get in and lie to us and right. say, put like you called it a veil, like yeah. this veil of loneliness where we can't see outside of it and we're just sitting there like, I'm covered in this. I'm right. covered in loneliness and this is my lot now. This is everywhere I look. I turn my head and all I see is loneliness. And right. a lot of that is because it's a veil. It's, it's a total well, veil. It's a total distraction and covering of your eyes from yes. what is, from what truly is. And that is perfectly put because I felt like, you know, when I heard, like, I want you to be okay to be alone with me in the pasture. I remember what I saw myself, like that picture, that loneliness I felt were like these bleeding, wo- like these bleeding yeah. open raw wounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to keep being in this. Yeah. And it wasn't until I like took that veil over, took that veil off of like what I thought being alone with the mm-hmm. Lord looked like, the Lord was like, haven't, you know, don't you see that I'm healing? Like, that's not your current state anymore. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um, I feel like the pasture was almost like an operating room, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, I pictured it as twilight at one point, but now I'm like, mm, it's a little bit more like an operating room. Yeah, there's like some blood, there's things. some, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's beautiful <laughs> because in order to truly heal from the inside out, and this is going to be such a cliche mm-hmm. metaphor. But, you know, like when your kid gets a cut, you get the disinfecting wipes and it stings like the dickens. Yes. You know, they're going <laughs> to scream. I'll scream. Like, I hate that. But you have to disinfect it right. before it heals. And it stings initially. Right. I mean, you have to do that upon the, the cut. Like, right. right when it cuts, it's going to sting. Right, right when it cuts, it's like, ooh, I got to put a little bit. I gotta, it almost has to hurt worse for like yes. a second. Yes. But that's beca- that's the beginning of your healing. That's right. when you can know that not only am I just going to slap a Band-Aid on this sucker, I'm actually going to make sure there's no bacteria inside of it. Right. I'm going to make sure there's nothing 
and that was the pasture for you. I feel like with all those, you know, that imagery of the cuts all over your body, I feel yeah. like that's what the Lord was doing was he was saying, come to the pasture. It's going to hurt mm-hmm. extra for right. a minute. You're going to feel lonely. You're going to feel where you're standing right now, which doesn't feel good. You know, you're going to feel that reality set in. Yeah. But I'm going to make sure that it doesn't affect the rest of your life. Yeah. And I'm going to make sure that we get to the roots and I'm going to disinfect. Yep. And not only am I going to put a Band-Aid on that sucker, I'm going to sew it up. It's going to heal. It's going to be perfect. It's going right. to look brand new. You're going to have new skin on it. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, and it's like what you said about get the disinfectant out, right? Because you're like, yeah, you don't want infection to set in, right? Right. And so it's like, what does that infection of your heart look like? Mm. Right? What is, what is, right. what could that look like if you don't take the time to properly heal? Right. You know, in those moments, I didn't feel like that. You're like, oh, yeah, feels like a punishment. Like this doesn't feel yeah. great. Like I am ready to move on with my life. Like mm-hmm. I journeyed through the water and the, the mountain. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I saw that place of peace yeah. Uh, at that pasture, the twilight of the pasture. Yeah. Like I didn't see that for a little bit. Like yeah. I didn't. It was like that moment of the stings and like, I was like, yeah. Ugh, and if you don't take great. that time, what could that, like you said, what could that look like? That could yeah. look like bitterness. Yeah. That could look like looking for love in the wrong places. Yeah. It could look like moving into something and making a big life decision too quickly. Right. You know, it could look like a lot of things. Right. But I love that you listened to the Lord and he had such a patient hand on your arm saying, Hey, right. Slow down. Just sit with me here a mm-hmm. little longer. Just sit with me in this a little long. Trust me. Right. In this pain, in the midst of this really, really painful moment, it's yeah. not going to be forever. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the questions of like, how long I get an impatient, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I think we are a generation too, that are like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like an addict to, you know, door dashing and, you know, like instant yeah. gratification and, mm-hmm. oh, you can put that on a payment plan or whatever you, you mm-hmm. know of that you've grown up to like get so accustomed to. And it's like, how often do we do that with the Lord? Yes. And we don't sit in his timing and it wasn't easy. Like it's not easy to sit in his timing, but instead mm-hmm. of being someone who's like, I went through this. So that's why I can say this. Like, okay, God, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. You know, like I, I want something different now. I want something different now mm-hmm. that I was like missing out on what he was actually doing. Like oh, it wasn't yeah. until I took that posture and took that step back of being like, okay, I know that God is here. And he's like, not silent. He's not. He was he's talking to you. He, he was, was talking, talking to, to you. It's just like, I almost was like, yeah, but that doesn't really align with kind of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. That doesn't align yeah. with like, I see all these other people getting remarried. I see mm. all these other people in a different life. And like, I can now do that. Like I got, f- you know, like let's say freedom or I, I've done yeah. the hard stuff. Like I, I get the good stuff now, you know, yep. and it was like rushing that, not knowing that in his timing, you know, what was to come. I mean, That's it was right. I- amazing. And then also how he was preparing me mm-hmm. for what was to come in the pasture. And like looking back at that writing, like I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so dependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I even like wrote like, I hope I don't forget the sadness. I hope I don't forget what I've seen God do here. Mm. You know, and it's like I sometimes still now in a completely different place of life. Right. You know, look back at that time, you know, and how sweet that was. As much as I didn't like it in the beginning. Yeah. But once I was there and I sat and I, I learned how to be peaceful in his presence mm-hmm. and to rest knowing that he had me covered yeah. for what he was preparing me for. Yeah. It's like that's where it's like, man, there was rest there. There was peace there. Mm. When I just solely looked to him for everything I needed. You know, and it was like a different dependence because like going through the rescue and the climb, 
it was like a almost felt like an emergency dependence every yes. day because I you know and then I found some peace after a lot of the let's say fight was over but then it was like the fight for my soul <laughs> you know what I mean? like right. it was a different fight it was a different type of time yeah yeah so in the midst of that you were also like we said the Lord was still talking to you like yeah. you were getting clear pictures you were getting visions you were getting words from the Lord which I feel like God is so his character like some he gives us sometimes just a little bit right and just enough to hold on to so that we can trust him and just hang on a little longer and have something to hold on to to say okay I have this this image this feeling this inclination towards this one thing or this one word right or this one promise or this yeah. one person or whatever where that gives me something to hold on to mm -hmm. and so you had some things to hold on to in the yeah. pasture and <laughs> we're getting to the good part guys this is the juicy good stuff I mean not that this part was juicy previously but like this is the coolest I think some of the coolest moments because in the midst of the pasture, you got some words from the Lord and mm -hmm. some pictures mm -hmm. that at the time you were like, what the heck is that? That doesn't mean anything to me. Like <laughs> how, you didn't even know to hold on to it necessarily, yes. but you wrote it down anyways yeah. out of obedience and out of your practice of journaling. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit of yeah. what was that first picture or word that the Lord gave you in the pasture that you may not have known at the time was mm -hmm. an inclination towards your future. Yeah. So one was, it was so random, but I remember seeing a man with like a full head of hair and jeans like I just remember <laughs> and it was like not the face I mean come on women like you'd want to see the face yeah so like what is that like, what does that person look like yeah uh, but yeah full head of hair and it was just the back and blue jeans on that's all it's all I remember I just remember okay. being like okay I can find hope in that like what does that mean <laughs> you know yeah. but then it was kind of like okay well no clue what that means <laughs> yeah yeah so that was one little one mm -hmm. and uh and then another one that was really impactful and you know I was going through a lot and doing a lot of work, let's say. And I remember going to church and I was like, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to mm -hmm. see, I need to, I need some encouragement, you know? Yeah. And um, I had a toddler at the time. So I specifically asked, I, I have it in front of me here of like what I, what I remember journaling was to be encouraged of what he had planned for me and what was coming. That was like my mm -hmm. specific prayer going to church. And again, I said I love the last specific part, prayers. I was scared to go to church alone. Like I hated that. And so I put Addie into um, kids club and, you know, went in and I remember in worship just seeing this very vivid picture of a tree that was by a stream with like deep roots and downstream there were more trees and there were some rocks. And I just remember being like, thank you. That was so beautiful. <laughs> you know, but yeah. in the time, in the moment you're like, I don't know what that means, but that was very beautiful. Yeah. And so then I go pick up my daughter and, you know, she's very young at the time like maybe almost three or so, and she had colored, you know, she didn't draw that picture, but there was a drew picture that was printed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she drew, <laughs> she colored in, and it was a picture of a stream with rocks and a tree with the roots in the water, and I remember being like, oh my goodness, like just that encouragement from the Lord, like, yeah. didn't exactly confirmation number meant, one, but like confirmation of like, this was, this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, those are the two that kind of like come straight to mind, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like, little did I know, you know, two years later what that would symbolize for me. So so beautiful. Yeah. So I want to get to the next part, which is when this was like seven or eight months after we had first 
gotten together and I kind of stepped into this part of your world and I was <laughs> yeah. like, okay, we're in the pasture. This is great. You know, you're, you're finally <laughs> getting some you peace. I so excited about it. I'm oh, like, I was. Okay. I'm glad you're excited. Like I can totally yeah. be excited too. <laughs> I was so excited because I was like, oh man, like she was getting some peace about things. Yeah. Yeah. She had actually just told me about this image she had of this man and yeah. that she had not seen the face of that was wearing blue jeans and had like <laughs> thick dark hair. And I'm like, that's wild. That's so specific. Yeah. <laughs> but also you didn't see his face. So that's a little <laughs> annoying. But I was so excited for her because I'm like, oh, I just have so much hope. I, like just me coming in. I'm like, I have so much hope for your future. I'm so excited about what <laughs> yeah. God's doing in your life. Like, let's go. And it was a couple months later that I actually, I took you out for your birthday. Oh, yeah. We got oh, dinner yeah. for your birthday. <laughs> yeah. And I heard this a while. She's like, so <laughs> I did a thing. And I'm like, oh, no. What do we do? <laughs> and tell me what you did, Kate. Yeah, so I um um I remember one of my guy friends was like, Kate, like, I just want you to be happy, you know? Like yeah. just, you know, and I'm like, I do too, you know, like I I'll get there and he was like, You just you just need to try a dating app and I was like, No, 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 no. Like I yeah. put it off for sure, uh, a while. Because I was just like, No, I wanna meet someone the organic way, you yeah. know, I wanna meet someone at a church or I wanna meet someone out. And so I gave it a whirl and that's where it's funny because I was talking to some people about this app and it, they say it's the app that's supposed to be deleted. Like they want you to delete oh. it, you know? And, um, so I'm on this app and this guy just like pops up and this was, you know, maybe like a month or two into the app. Maybe. Right. I had been on some dates and talking to people. So yeah, this guy popped up and I'm like, Oh, I really like what he has to say. Mm. It was really cute. And then I was like, Oh, he doesn't live near here. Mm. And I was like, mm. so I like swiped. I was like, no, or whatever. Click the button. And then I just like sat, I remember specifically sitting on my couch and I was like, I don't know. I just really liked what he had to say. Mm. And so I like pressed the back button. So he like had his back. Sure. I hope they still have that. Cause that was a very, yeah. good, very important feature for me. Yeah. Um, I was like, Oh no, I'm going to go back. And I ended up, you know, liking the picture or whatever you mm -hmm. do on that. Lo and behold. Yeah. We just started connecting, mm -hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. There's like lots of funny stories as to how we actually got onto our first date. But we had, I think, have we had officially met? Yes. And gone on the date. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, started, you know, um, seeing this person and feeling pretty close, like kind of right away, yeah. uh, like three dates in. Um, mm -hmm. I remember him being like, we're just like really clicking. Like, yep. do you feel that? Like, this is like, and it was just so easy and I mm -hmm. felt like I could be myself. And it's funny because that peace that I had been learning in the pasture and that reliance on the Lord, I can tell you, I am so glad I didn't meet him any other time mm. because I could just dwell in that peace. I could dwell in that confidence. I could dwell in the provision of what the Lord had done so much better. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So yeah, we like, you know, hit it off pretty well. And that's probably when I was telling you all the yep. these things. And oh like yeah. There are some funny things about you know, he like was kind of a flake on the first date and like didn't talk to me. And then I didn't talk to him. It was like kind of a dramatic yeah. you know, three month intro into our first date and meeting for the first mm -hmm. time. Kate, I want you to share mm -hmm. the coolest little detail of how actually you guys connecting on this app should have actually never happened. Oh, yeah. Um, this is wild. Yeah. So I like mentioned I was like playing with the algorithm and it was like, you know, kind of like you could play with like what are must haves or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I had like a, a certain mile radius and I think mine was kind of extended because I was mm -hmm. like, oh, Columbus or, you know, wherever, sure. other cities. But he did not like he did not have that radius set. So like he would have never found me over 100 miles away. Yeah. But he was driving through my city for work 
And so it was like so crazy that he even like popped oh up God. for me when he did because he was like in that mile radius I had set outside oh of his gosh. mile radius that he had set. I'm like so thankful I did it. You know, I pressed that back button. So she had to be looking at that exact yeah, moment that was, he was yeah, passing was through at the exact distance ratio he had set, which was much smaller than hers, which was local for him, essentially. Yeah, it was local to him. Yeah. Which was so far from so where far we from are <laughs> yeah. that it had to be, I mean, and the fact that she skipped it and then went back, yeah. had to do all of that within the time he was driving through this city. Yeah, it was weird. On the way somewhere. I mean, he didn't even stop here. That's the funny <laughs> part is it's like he didn't even stop for the night. No. Like he was, he was legit driving actively through here. Mm -hmm. And the timing was just perfect. Yeah. And the Lord did his work. And it just, it was amazing. And I do remember after that second date, Kate calls me and goes, uh-oh. Uh-oh. There's a connection here. Like this, this feels way too comfortable. Mm -hmm. This feels way too easy. Yeah. And then, of course, she was like, and he wears jeans and he has dark hair. So and that's it's not weird. Even like he wears jeans. It's like kind of a southern thing. Like he like only, only wears, wears jeans. jeans. Yeah. Like he's now very uncomfortable wearing like leisure wear and <laughs> ball shorts and stuff. Like it was like all he wore was jeans. Yes. <laughs> like and I can no attest to this. What, it was jeans. 100%. I love this story because I feel like the way it unfolded mm -hmm. was so out of that place of peace. Yes. I think the other thing that's cool about you experiencing such a genuine godly peace. Mm -hmm in the pasture is that you were able to recognize that same Holy spirit peace yes. when you were with him and you could recognize it and say, Oh, this is a familiar spirit. hundred percent. I have a familiar, not only do I have a comfort level, like mentally, emotionally, like all of that, but I have a spiritual peace when I'm around him and it right. feels like I'm blessing this. Right. Well, and it was like, I think in other times in my life where I tried, you know, stepping my toe mm -hmm. into dating, I was not ready, right? you know, and it's like I needed, you know, those wounds. Yeah. I needed to be reminded that I had some wounds, you know, needed to yes. be healed the right way because, yeah, it was such a difference when you're in that place mm -hmm. of confidence and peace and mm -hmm. understanding the Lord's provision. And, and not only did you guys click right away, which is the most important, but right under that, your daughter clicked yeah. immediately, <laughs> which... Yeah. That's Eerie. a huge part of your life. That's yeah. everything. That's It was you and Addie. Yeah. And I feel like that was another piece of the puzzle where you were like, oh, my gosh. It just feels like she has a piece. Yeah. Not, it's not just my piece now. It's her piece. Right. Yeah. So after they had been dating for like a, a minute. Month and a half, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. a month and a half. Share yeah, what happened. Yeah, so I went to his hometown, just tiny little town, and we were in his papal's church. I remember like walking in, you know, and you're like in this smaller church and, you know, very traditional with like the baptistry and like all oh this. Yeah. And I sit down and, you know, just kind of like a little nervous because I'm like, <laughs> I've never been here. I was like meeting his mom and his papal for the first time in a pew, you know, yeah. just like walked in. I look up and I see the river and the stones mm. or the rocks and the trees, like that picture that I had seen two years before. The exact picture. I mean, exact. And I sat there. <sighs> And I was like, okay, don't get weird, don't get weird. But I was, like, tearing up. Mm -hmm. And I snapped, like, the worst picture ever because I was, like, so, like, nervous slash I didn't want to look like I was taking pictures in their church. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, mm -hmm. and I had already felt such a peace dating yeah. him, being with him, getting to know him and his family. But then seeing that, like, actual representation and knowing for me, I knew exactly what that meant. And then what's crazy, mm -hmm. what's, what's crazier is that, 
think it was like two or three months later, they like remodeled the church and they painted over it. <laughs> so, so again, with God's <laughs> yeah. timing, yeah. just like him passing through in the car, it had to be so perfect. Yeah. Guys, this is just a reminder. God is never early. Yeah. He is never late. Your story is right on time. When you are walking in step with the Lord and you're just surrendered, I think a lot of us can get caught up in the, oh, no, if I do something wrong, I'll delay this or I'll get off track. And it, No, God is on time. Your mm-hmm. story is on time. What he set out to happen in your life is going to happen in your life as long as you're surrendered to him. Yes. Just surrender to him. It's not like, okay, Lord, I, I don't know if I heard you right. If I heard you wrong, I'm going to miss it. No, it's, Lord, I'm doing my best here, and I'm just going to say yes as best as I know mm-hmm. how to according to your word and according to the character that I know that you have and the way right. that you love me. And sometimes that's our best, and that's all he asks for. Right. That's all he asks is just to say, you know, just, just be with me yeah. and do your best, <laughs> and that's it. You know, just do your best to follow me. And that's what you did. And I feel like every time you weren't looking for these signs, but these signs found you to say, hey, just just a reminder, mm-hmm. I'm right on time. You're right, right on time. Right. I got you. Mm-hmm. This story is unfolding the way I want it to. Yeah. Once, you know, Addie met him and are you two true love? And it was like the cutest so thing, true. you know, <laughs> I'm asking, hearing her say that and like my heart exploding being like, okay, I've been so nervous about this collision of two people that I love so much, like um, meeting each other or being okay with each other or whatever. And she was like, yeah, you guys are going to get married on the beach and like said all these things. Yeah. And what's crazy is I hadn't told anybody other than my sister mm-hmm. that that's where I wanted to get married. Yeah. And so Addie was just it like was yeah. a very, just very specific. Specific. it was a specific yeah. beach. Yeah. And yeah. so it was just so crazy. And my dad's like, oh, no, she, sh- she had to have heard your sister say that. And my sister's like, I didn't tell a soul. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody that you told me that. Mm-hmm. And again, that was like, I mean, like within like two weeks of each other that that yeah. occurred, which was pretty crazy, too. Mm. It was so beautiful. And. Not long after that, yeah. <laughs> not long at all after that, yeah. Kate and Nate knew very early on that this was ordained by God, that this, yeah. this union was planned ahead of time yeah. by God. Um, every sign pointed to it, and every, every amount of peace that they'd had amounted to this moment. And Nate proposed yeah. <laughs> not long after. Yeah, yeah. And it was the most beautiful. Tell him how he proposed. Because it was so cute. <laughs> in a helicopter. In a helicopter. And I guess the pilot was like, um, so we've never done this actually in the helicopter because what if she says no? And he was like, I'm <laughs> confident. <laughs> I love it. Um, but he did it across the Ohio Kentucky state line, like where the river it like basically almost hovering between the two states. Yeah. Um, which was really sweet. Because he's from Kentucky and she's yes. from Ohio. Yeah. Which is so sweet considering how y'all met and everything and the radius thing. It's just yeah. like so cool. God gets rid of all lines. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then, of course, they did end up getting married on the beach. On the beach. And it was beautiful. And my husband had the honor of marrying them and telling this whole beautiful story at their wedding. And there wasn't a dry eye. <laughs> was not a dry eye. There cannot be. This entire story was just written in the stars. It was written yeah. ahead of time. This was always a part of Kate's story. Mm-hmm. This was always a part of Kate and God's story as well. Kate, I just want you to speak to someone out there who's listening, who maybe they they're still in the pasture Mm -hmm. or maybe they're not even to the pasture yet and they're climbing a mountain Mm -hmm. or they're trying to decide whether or not to park the waters. Like, yeah, I know that sometimes these stories can be hard. Yes. 
in that space to hear. It's funny mm-hmm. because when I was in those spaces, I yeah. literally remember being like, it was hard to hear people that were in the pasture, like getting to yes. hear people like being remarried. You're like, well, you don't know where I am. Yeah. You know? And, and it's like, I, I do. And I was there and it was not easy. And I'm not saying that it, any of those things are going to be easy, right. but with leaning into the, the Lord and, and, remembering that even when you don't feel like you hear him, like I know we've given a lot of examples of hearing and seeing there were times where I didn't feel that way, but I just kept praying and I kept talking Mm -hmm. and I kept including people into where I was. um, The people that were, you know, safe people that I could involve into uh, the places where I I was. And I know that God, like he doesn't not listen. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, he wants to hear from you. He wants you to include him in every little part of your journey that goes even now today, you know, um, and, and still remembering like he wants you, you know, and he wants a relationship with you and he desires to hear from you and you're never going to be too much. (laughs) Believe me, (laughs) my writing would show you I was a lot (laughs) and like questioned him all the time and like went through, you know, all of the the times where I was just like wanting to throw in the towel. Like I think yeah. I even found one. I think I read that to you before. Like I was yeah. like, I'm literally throwing a towel, God. Like I'm throwing it right now. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do so XYZ anymore. So yeah, I would just say, you, you know, continue to, to pray and continue to speak out and continue mm-hmm. to, I want to say like fight for, for what's ahead, you know, yeah. like fight for that picture you may have of what you want, but bringing that to the Lord and like, and, and really wrestling with him on like what that look like through him. Yeah. And I think a beautiful thing to focus on too, is the goal is not another man, right? The goal is yeah. the peace in the pasture Yeah, <laughs> that drove everything. And that, yes. that renewing that peace and having that fully formed solid rock piece yes. in the center of your core yes. is what drove everything else to, to feel mm-hmm. right to know the voice of God to be solidified and yes. knowing what his peace feels like and what his will feels like right and like in your knowing life. that yeah you know and like you know in every relationship you like are like oh I don't know about this or this or this and I just always just had this steadfast peace mm-hmm. and just knowing that no matter what God had me so yes. there was that layer of peace no matter what and surrounding me but yes I would echo it was not <laughs> Uh, to find another man. Obviously, I did yeah. want to get remarried, but that's why I think the pasture and the work in the pasture for me is the sweetest looking back, even though it was the hardest and yeah. I complained about it probably the most. Mm-hmm. I think that it, looking back, is, is so beautiful to just see like what the Lord was doing in my heart and my belief system and my trusting in Him. And it's like looking back to I'm like, oh my gosh, I really liked that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even though I hated it and so many yeah. times of my, my journey... Um, I look back and I just, I know how much I depended on him Mm. and how beautiful my relationship was in those moments. Right. I think the coolest part that you get to carry with you in the future is that piece from the pasture where because you've been in such a deep, deep pasture Mm -hmm. with the Lord and you have this deep, deep peace now. Right. What else? the enemy throw at you <laughs> what else I mean right <laughs> let's not test that theory but what else you know yeah y- you can carry that faithfulness and that peace right. into any and everything ahead because you know what it feels like to feel like this is not going to happen this is my life now right and you felt that so deeply mm-hmm. and so truly and so solidly yeah 
and to know that you felt that so deeply, truly, and solidly, mm-hmm. and yet, and yet, mm-hmm. we can take that into every part of our life and say, and yet, right? Yes, anything can go wrong, and yet, anything can go right. Mm-hmm. I'm just so happy that your story began so beautifully, mm-hmm. because this is the beginning of a new yes. chapter, and God's just writing this beautiful, continual love story with you, mm-hmm. not just with you and Nate, but with you yeah. on this journey of life. And I can't wait to see what else unfolds because now your story is this love letter to other women and to yeah. other men who are going through what you went through. Right. Because we always say on here, our story isn't just for us, our story's for others. And mm-hmm. it's now paved this beautiful pathway for yeah. others to be able to look ahead and say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I can be okay. <laughs> she knows what I feel like. And, you know, even for those of you listening who are maybe in that space still where they're like, I don't want to hear about someone getting married after all of this because I'm not there. Just know that even if you're not there right now, that's not the goal. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be where you're at. And she was where you were at. She was there. She felt the same thing you feel. And yet. Yeah. And I will say, too, I know I talk to a lot of people and people help me through those different parts of my journey where you know, there were things that still trigger me to this day, you know, of, of past hurts or things that are said or Mm -hmm. reading something and you're like, Ooh, Ooh, you know, that doesn't feel great. Or things from my, you know, previous marriage that, you know, may trigger me. And, and that's just where I think some of those tools or the people in the toolbox too, that, that you can lean into, right. Cause that is going to happen. I can tell you that from walking through it that sometimes even happiness is a trigger. Like I truly believe that because I was like in such a place of hardship for a long time that I was like almost scared of happiness Mm. (laughs) because I was like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop or the other foot or whatever that's analogy is. And yeah, I was just like always, you know, when you, when you have a lot of fear, when you're working through so many Mm -hmm. pieces of, of hurt and loneliness and all of those things, it's like sometimes even hard to picture that happening. Yeah. And that's okay, but yeah. that's just where I think continuing to to vent, to to walk through that, to pray, to journal, to to get all of those things out, yeah, um, is really helpful um, when if you're in that place, and also just like wrestling with the Lord. Like I think I said it. Like, what does my life look like? You know what? Yeah. What do you have for me? You know, yeah. and what new desires do you have for me? Because I can tell you right now, like what I desire and like what I want mm-hmm. for our family is like completely different than what I wanted, you know, six years ago. Yeah. And so it's just amazing to see like how God, Mm. you know, through a lot of different things is opening my eyes to something brand new. Right. So don't get stuck in this. Like it has to be picture perfect. It has to be exactly these things has to be exactly in my time because that's, I think where you get distracted by where you are in the present Mm -hmm. within the presence of God. Mm, That's a word. That's so good. So we have a couple questions that I'm just going to shoot at you that are a little, you know, we talk about your story, which is beautiful and encouraging, and there's so much hope that we can pull from that. Every single one of us can pull hope and wisdom from your story and encouragement in our walk with God. But there are some practical things as well that I know go along with walking through divorce and walking this journey, especially when you have children. Um, And so uh, one of the questions is how do you protect your heart when you have to share your child? Yeah, I would say that it's hard. (laughs) But I know for me, I had to find what worked for me Mm -hmm. for when you're not with them, when you're 
having to find that new normal that we've talked about a little bit or that, you know, what does my life look like right now or how do I journey through this? But I know I, you know, would find things that were very helpful. Like I kind of would get into a routine of like when she's not with me. I know a lot of times (laughs) to my demise, I would like buy things or like look forward to getting something for her. So like it felt like I was still being a part of her life. And then it it really actually morphed into um, sometimes having and I know not everyone's great at this and I wasn't even either. And sometimes I'm not, but um, compartmentalizing like, okay, right now I'm just going to have to shut off the door of worry and just pray through it and go have my life. And like, almost just like not forget that you're a mom or dad, like that sounds really harsh, but it kind of is in the sense of like, you know what, let them have their time. Yeah. And go have your time. I can Um, see how psychologically that could be necessary. Yeah. I think, I think that was the, the one I would suggest of just kind of compartmentalize like this is not my time this is you know my time for my life sure thing which is not always easy to do yeah that's so hard I would always plan like things that I could look forward to so like in my time of singleness Mm -hmm. it was like okay I'm gonna go out with this person to dinner and I'm gonna go to a movie I went to a lot of movies yeah I just like had like you know either like girls nights or like I would hang out with coworkers or whatever but I would always plan something to look forward to or just rest I mean parenting is hard I slept mm. in a lot. <laughs> that's good. Uh, things like that that oh, I could like, enjoy, good. you know. Maybe I should have had that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I love that. All right. Another question is, what do you do when you have to make some really tough decisions within the logistics of your divorce? Sure. I would say two things. I know for me, a lot of times I would have to remove myself mm. if that just meant driving to a favorite spot of mine, you know, I did that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Going to a place where I knew I could just have calm and peace. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it was always by water. <laughs> like I went to a lake one time. I went to yeah. a little pond one time to like just to sit and like I would get my Bible out and just ask, you know, like, Lord, I'm on this cusp of X, Y, Z. I need you. And sometimes it wasn't like a direct answer. Right. You know, a lot of times it was a scripture that encouraged or it was someone calling me on those drives. Like that was sometimes really crazy where I would just get encouragement from other people. Right. Um, so I would say sometimes having to remove yourself so you can think clearly mm. um, and kind of get out of your, your zone right. um, of, of where you normally, you know, maybe stress or whatever. Um, yeah. So I would say removing. And then the other one is we've talked a little bit about this, but having people in your life that, you know, maybe who've gone through that who mm-hmm. I know I, I've had a lot of friends that, you know, we've become very close because we've journeyed through and we journey through a lot of things together. Yeah. So, you know, a person that either has gone through that or mm-hmm. someone in your life that is very wise. Right. Or someone in your life that I think I mentioned this before, like that will just listen. Right. Um, because sometimes you just need to invite some wisdom in when you're making hard choices and really just kind of evaluate <laughs> which way to go. So, yeah, I think those are the two things I would recommend. Those are great. Those are really, really great advice. So the next question is, what are some of your boundaries that you have set in your own walk and in your own experience while walking through this? Yeah, I would say that was hard for me to learn. I don't Mm. know if I was great at boundaries before. (laughs) I don't know many people that are great. Like, because I I normally am like, I'm such an open book and I'll like, you know, and wear my heart on my sleeve and, Mm. you know, I'm a verbal processor, right? So I think like all of those things, I didn't necessarily have the greatest boundaries in play, but... I mentioned circling the wagons. I had to kind of learn that early on, mm-hmm. um, that not everyone needs to know what you're dealing with in each th- each stage. Um, like in those first 
the parting of the waters in the mountain, like there was not a lot of people that I was just openly being like, oh, this is what I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Because it was like, right. it was overwhelming for me. I didn't want to overwhelm other people oh, yeah. um, that I didn't know. You know what I mean? Sure. So I definitely think that, I think you have to, you know, lean into knowing who you can trust and then also being bold enough to say, you know what, today is just an, a bad day. I don't really want to talk about that. Right. Or especially if you're in that, that the stage of healing, mm-hmm. you don't need to rehash a ton of things or be with people that may ask to rehash some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there's just going to be days where you can't do that, you know, emotionally. So I would say being bold and knowing how to protect your own peace. Um, and it may feel uncomfortable to some people that, you know, they know you're like, yeah. well, you talk to everybody, you know, why don't you want to talk about this right now? And it's like, because you may have other things going on in your life that, you yeah. can't. You don't have the capacity to talk about y- whatever you may be facing. So I right. think knowing that that's okay that's if you don't want to talk about it, because that was really hard for me mm-hmm. to like live in a little bit. Because yeah. again, I am. Yeah, everyone knows me. Be like, oh, well, okay, blah, 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 you know, talk yeah. about whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's wonderful. But there's also times for that right. um, when you're going through and making hard decisions, or where you're going through hard days, and you're yeah. parenting as a you know single parent or working or you know whatever yes. you're doing day to day like there's other stressors so you don't mm-hmm. want to add to that right. um by you know sharing and going down a path that that has been painful and has been narrow right. you know there's there's times that 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 you can and there's times that you can't and that's okay yeah i know i do this a lot of times sometimes you feel like you owe it to somebody yes when they bring it up because they care right and sometimes you can feel like oh i owe it because you're caring for me i owe my right. story to you but I think that's so important to know that a, a really healthy boundary is to know that you don't have to share your story all the time. And right. when someone cares about you, they're going to respect that anyways. Yeah. So and I think too, I, I turned from like being defined by like what happened to me mm. and like not wanting to maybe talk about that, but talking about what God was doing and how that's I was good. seeing the Lord. So it's like, you may not be talking through all the, the details if you want to be talking about yeah. maybe something of it or something that you're dealing yeah. with about what the Lord's doing in your life good. or things that you're walking through, you know, versus having to, again, know your boundary of like what you feel comfortable sharing and what you feel comfortable bringing other people into, especially people you don't know. I think that was hard for me too, to invite people into, you know, what your journey may look like. Right. I know for me, like when I was learning that boundary, people would say things and they may mean the best, you know, but it's yeah. like, or that didn't sit well or Mm -hmm. and then those are the things that would keep me up at night as I would just be like worrying about other people's opinions or should I be doing that you know it just opens you up to maybe more than you need so again it just goes back to that boundary and knowing you know kind of where those are because you may not have the capacity to accept other or new opinions at that time right for sure that's a really good point and that's a great shift in your mindset to really focus more on healing and get past the like you said, when it's easy to circle of bitterness, yeah, you know, to yeah. get out of that space, sometimes that's really necessary. And I think that's a really good shift to focus away from the person and the situation and towards what God's doing right now. Yes. That's beautiful. So the final question I have is, how do you make peace with your previous life mm. while trying to make a fresh start? Yeah. So right in the get-go. You know, that's a hard one to be like, this is how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, of course. Because I think for me, you know, we talked a lot about the different parts of my journey yeah. um, and how I've kind of labeled them from what I, what, you know, felt and, and heard from the Lord. But I think that a lot of times I, I had the same question of like, how is this my life? You right. know, 
but I didn't just stay there. You yeah. know, I was always moving forward, mm-hmm. even though it was painful and I didn't like want to be in certain places right. um, of that journey. I think that along the way, though, I, you know, had that that initial, you know, desire to have my heart remain soft before the Lord, that this would not define yes. who I was for the rest of my life or define the rest of my life. And I, you know, wanted to remain true to who I was. And I think those three kind of like guiding principles or guiding, yeah. you know, kind of guidelines for what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm really helped in being like, okay, if I don't want this to define the rest of my life, I need to do the work yeah, and get through. I didn't want to just jump into something when I wasn't ready because right. I tested the waters and I was definitely not ready. You know what right. I mean? Of, um, I didn't want to jump the gun. But mm-hmm. then more importantly, like you were talking about, was I didn't, even though I was like really unhappy with God's timing, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to be out of this pasture right now. Mm-hmm. I think that that is where I had to really deal with a lot of things that I didn't know I needed complete healing from. Like mm. I thought I'd already worked through a lot of things, Yes. but being in different phases and different seasons, things will bubble up to the surface. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people freak out when they bubble up to the surface. And I know I did. I mean, I, I had to like, you know, yeah. <laughs> be like, why am I thinking about this right now? You know, yeah. or you get like concerned about why is my past life coming into my head right now? Or yeah. why is this memory? And so sometimes depending on what it was, mm-hmm. I mentioned like running into it and like being like, we're going to redeem this. Yes. Um, I'm scared about going to this XYZ play store event, yeah. concert, whatever, because it had, you know, certain memories of my former life mm-hmm. and I just ran and redeemed it. I love that. You know, and I think that that was part of it, p- of like continuing to move forward. Yes. I think also not wanting to define who I was, it's like I didn't want to sit in that bitterness, so I tried to not, even though I'd circle the pit, I didn't want to jump in. Right. So it's like I think, again, casting that vision of, like, who do you want to be on the other side? Because like you said, the other side is not just, I got to get remarried. Yep. Because that's not what I was driving towards. You know what I mean? That was my heart's desire. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I think recognizing, doing the healing and recognizing that only through healing can you get to that next part of your life. I think that's where a lot of that peace comes from. Right. Um, of like, how do you reconcile that? You know, and I, I also think, Sarah, like I, I look back on so much of the life prior to divorce of, you know, remembering the good, yeah. processing out the bad, but holding on to the good yeah, and, you know, holding on to what the Lord was still doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think so many times I carried this, this like, What's the scarlet letter, right? Like yeah. I carried the, is it the A? Is the A, yeah. A? Yeah. To wear. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, yeah. You know, I felt like I carried that for a long time mm-hmm. or it was, it was easy to try to like slap that on myself or feeling mm-hmm. like shame mm-hmm. um, or like a hit to my pride. Yeah. And I think that you, you can't let all of like what surrounds divorce to define what your future looks like, yeah. you know? And I think that there was so so many times like this rush for people to just yeah. oh well you're gonna get married so soon or like yeah are you dating anybody and like all those things and oh yeah I think that it's 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 out again out of it, good intentions right um, but I also think recognizing where you are mm-hmm. in the healing journey because if you don't make peace with it you're just gonna keep carrying it with you yeah and so I think that a lot of times things may come up to the surface and even now like some certain mm-hmm. things will come into mind you know but having right. like the tools and the resource and the peace of, of knowing how to deal with that yeah and knowing how to appreciate that part of your life but you know continuing to move forward that's so important you mentioned real quick yeah some things not to say 
Yeah. And you rattle off real quick. <laughs> just a couple. Just give us, those of us who want to love our friends and family members yeah. going through this, just rattle off a couple sentences or a couple little phrases that are like, don't say that. I would say just generally, just mm. don't ask what happened Good. unless they offer. You know, just say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. You know, because I think that that's where, like, those boundaries come in. Like, mm-hmm. when you ask that question, some people may want to immediately share, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there there may be opportunities for that. But just mm-hmm. really, you know, especially if you don't know that person all that well, if you're not close with them, like, meaning you talk to them, you know, once a month, <laughs> let's right. just say closeness, yeah. or you don't have, like, a bond that, you know, like, we had, like, from, you know, we knew yeah. each other for decades yeah. before that. I just think that asking, oh, what happened? You know, it is, guys, it is yeah. the easiest question to ask because you're just, you know, curious or yeah. you're worried about them. But I think that it just, depending on what's going on in their life, like it's very hard to either, number one, explain, or number two, maybe that boundary that they're like, you're then yeah. going to get the awkward response, like, oh, I don't really want to talk about it, but just know I'm okay. Or, yeah. you know, and so I think like, oh my gosh, what happened? Like, yeah, that can be a hard that's one. Important. And then depending on, you know, what you share, mm-hmm. then the second level question of like, did you know? xyz uh, or did you yeah. ever think or do you think mm. that blank happened you know and again yeah. those are great questions to like go call somebody and talk about like what could have happened to that sure. person but like to the actual person walking through it like yeah it's that is just it, it again those those some of those questions that you just are on rotisserie yeah. you know um because those are the things that they're probably still mulling through themselves yeah. or still trying to wrap their arms around I can tell you being on another side of things, you know, there's parts of my stories that I kind of forget because again, like I've tried to like, I'm not going to be defined by that. I'm going to journey through it. I'm going to run to the things that I'm fearful of. I'm not going to let this define me. So yeah, there are some things that I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, like not in like a rude way, but just kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of moved on from that. I kind of forgot, you know, or other people are like, oh, I'm so sorry about that. I'm like, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, yeah. Like, I think that there's, you know, mm-hmm. some Whenever of those things. Yeah, but yeah, like, how can I pray for you? Like, I'm so That's sorry good. to hear that. You know, like instead of asking all of the prying questions. Yeah, because um, I again, I can see how it could feel, like you're fishing. Yeah, or a little gossipy. Yeah, well, and and it's just like one of those things where for the people that you may talk to a lot, mm-hmm. absolutely that makes sense. You know, absolutely. When a lot of things were falling apart, like I I called the girls I was closest to, and they were at my side. You know what I mean? So it's like, obviously you need those people yeah. and they're going to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you're just seeing someone and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah. what happened? You know, so that's one that I would be. That's great. I'd be mindful of depending on who you're talking to, what their situation is and how close you are to them. That's really good advice. Thank you for sharing that with yeah. us because I think that's something that people are scared to ask. Right. Um, especially, you know, when they're not close enough, but just kind of close, you know, they're like, I don't know where the line is. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. I think that's really helpful and it gives us more freedom just to know how to love our people better. And so that's the goal here is just how do we love and support our people better in divorce, out of divorce, you know, how can we love each other better? Yeah. So Kate, I had a lot of DMs and messages this week from people who are really going through it right now. And, um, your story has already touched so many. And so I wanted to ask you if you'd be willing to pray Hmm. for some of those women and men who are going through the same journey. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for being a God that we can come to and being a God that we can share even on this awesome podcast and being a God that we can put our hope in. 
And uh, Lord, I just pray over anyone who's journeying through divorce or know of people who are going through divorce or helping people recover from maybe what they're going through. Lord, I just pray that you will be near and that you will reveal yourself to them through your love, through maybe encouraging messages of other people and that they can see um, your love for them and that they have eyes to know that um, you want what is best for them. And Lord, we just thank you that um, you never fail us, um, that you are our provider and that you want to hear from us, um, that you desire relationship with us and that you desire um, walking through um, what this life may throw at us and with us. And um, Lord, we just thank you for community. We thank you for friendships. And Lord, I just pray for the people that are walking through hard right now that you will just um, really touch them um, in this moment when they're listening to this podcast or where they are on their journey this week, Lord, that you will just um, really reveal something sweet to them and that you will encourage them. And like I mentioned, just even if it's something they see, something they hear, something that someone says uh, or sends them, Lord. And I pray for people who are supporting people through divorce, Lord, that, you know, you will just continue to give them the love and the words and, and the, the support to those that um, they may be holding through and holding hands through. I know that those people are so influential in my journey. What a beautiful story of God's loving pursuit of his people. He is so personal and his timing is always precise. He is never early, nor is he ever late. Our lives are full of distractions and can so easily become cluttered with to-dos and worries that can lead us into self-reliance. But what if we chose to be still and just simply rest in the fact that He is God and He is always working all things together for our good? What if we trusted? What if we leaned in instead of out when we feel disappointed in what the world offers us? Well, then I think we might just find our hope. If you like this episode, I'd love if you give us a review and five stars on the homepage. Then head on over to Instagram at Sentiments with Sarah to join our ongoing conversation and share your favorite stories of hope. Tune in next week for a fresh episode on how to cultivate hope in the midst of identity crisis, where my younger but much taller brother will be joining us to share his story and how a dose of reality brought him more truth than he ever bargained for. Until then, don't lose hope.